Hey guys, welcome to the Days Past Tooncast. My name is Will. My name is Travis. And Travis and I co-host this program, mm-hmm. which is where we have adult conversations about yesterday's animations. And all this month, March, we have been celebrating and indulging in March Marvel Madness. It's overtaken our minds, our hearts. It's caused us to do some really regrettable things. Yep. And I've blacked out a lot. <laughs> So I'm sorry, whoever I've offended, whoever, whatever Marvel, Marvel characters I've called at night, I don't right, remember yep. what I've done. But we're rounding things out today. This is the end of this, this glorious journey that we've come on. And we had to invite wonderful buddy of the show, Mimo Moriali, to return mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and lend us a hand to talk about this tune today. The finale with Moriali. That's right. Ooh. That's what we called it. Yes. Yeah. That, that's Travis's. He gets full credit for that. Thank you. He deserves a medal. Thank you. Thank you. Mimo. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Happy to be here. The finale with Moriali. That's like right. That. Yeah. I mean, yeah. might as well just retitle the show. No one's ever said that before. Really? That's a first. Well, there you go. You got it, bro. You can. You have it. I'll just, I'll just sell it to you for nothing. There you go. Thanks. You're just going to insert it at home, like yeah. in all the situations. I'll start saying it at the end of sex. Yeah. <laughs> and now. Well, guys, so what we're talking about today is a cartoon that I, I don't. Did either of you guys see this cartoon when you were younger? Nope. No. Mimo? Not that I remember. No. However, the subject of the cartoon we've even talked about on this program before. I did see this cartoon as a kid. I loved it. And when I sent you the video, Mimo, I didn't even intend on watching it right then. I was about to go to sleep. I ended up watching the whole damn thing right then because I loved it so much. And I talked some shit about this cartoon on the last... When we did our X-Men episode, I kind of talked shit about this thing. I I regret all of that. You did, man. I did because I was... You know what? I was caught up in one person's recollection of the story that I had read. And that is my fault. Mm. I got caught up in the zeitgeist of one writer. <laughs> and so I, I need to retract that and say that this is a very quality cartoon <laughs> that oh, entertained me. Right? Yes. Almost better than the other one, Honestly, man, I would, I'm sad that this didn't turn into a series. Because this, what this is, this is a single pilot. This is it. There's no other episodes. Really? This was a pilot for this series that oh, never happened, man. and it is entitled The Pride of the X-Men. No place to hide. No place to run. No place to run. The mutant age has now begun. It's X-Men, Pride of the X-Men. Oh my God, that theme song. Greatness. I love it. Yeah, it's really good. Stan Lee wrote those lyrics. Wow. I know. America's sweetheart. America's favorite 95-year-old. You know, he's been in the news recently. Apparently, he's not doing well financially. 
Damn, that's a bummer. Lie. Damn, really? Well, I, I, you can be rich and handle your finances badly. If he's not, yeah, that's on him. That's... Well, yeah, I think he he assigned the wrong people to do it. Ouch. But yeah, that still falls. But uh, yeah, Stanley not only did that, he also provided narration on this, as I think Which you guys I noticed. Love, man. It was actually really entertaining. This was just, like we said, it's just a single pilot. It did not get picked up. Some of the producers, uh, Margaret something or other, that's how much research <laughs> I did for this. All I did is watch and enjoy this damn cartoon because yeah. it was that good. But the same producer that ultimately spearheaded the X-Men cartoon in the, 90, uh, the 1992 series had worked on this. And then just things didn't go the way they wanted. I really, they've said that it was like, that it was too campy or too kiddish. I mean, I see that it is, it's less soap opera-y than the 92 series, less uh, gritty. But man, it's great. Yeah, It's I really agree, good. Man. It's yeah. really, really good. <laughs> so that surprises me. But it was released September 16th, 1989 is when it was uh, broadcast. It was first run syndication. Like, I I never saw it on TV. I only rented it on a video. I actually have the VHS tape in here right with us right now. Cutting edge for 89, man. A really good. The animation is awesome. Yes. Everything's great. Like, everybody, I mean, it's it's, there's no cheap... There's just nothing that looks cheap about it. At all, It all man. looks good. We're just going to have to dive right into everything because there's a lot to talk about except for yeah. the show itself. But that theme song, I really enjoy it. And Travis and I listened to it not too long ago, and all we could do for the day is sing it over and over again. <laughs> to me, it sounds like the guy from Nickelback is singing the verse. Yes. Like, like it really honestly sounds like him to me. Man, it's just really good. What can I say? That's the problem with good cartoons. Is that mm-hmm. There isn't anything to say. Yep. Now, the X-Men in this particular story, were either of you guys, did you guys recognize all the characters or who? who? Nope, not okay. at all. Okay. <laughs> oh. I recognized quite a few of them. Okay. I thought these were, these were some of my like bread and butter X-Men. Same here. Same here. The White Witch? White Queen. White Queen. Yes. Uh, she was new to me. Okay. And also the Dazzler. Yes. Yep. Out there. Um, yeah. Everything, everyone else I was familiar with. Okay. Travis, did you say you had some questions? Yes. So, so Colossus. Yes. He is in Deadpool, right? I believe he, he is. Was, yeah. he, was, he was the guy who broke Deadpool's hand. I didn't see the movie, so you're, I'm just going to believe you. Good Lord. All right. That was my one question. I didn't uh, see it either. Oh, you didn't? Yeah. So now you're Sorry. the problem. No, I yeah. guess so. Here, I'll, I'll walk out real fast. <laughs> All right, thanks, man. Uh, other question is the the Dazzler. The yes, da- the Dazzler was in the comics. Like this is a well known. Yeah, character, yeah. Huh? She okay. So it's funny because she calls herself the Dazzler, and they call her the Dazzler. Like th- I, I get it. It just seems like it's too serious sounding. Like she, I just know her as Dazzler. Like yeah. it's like saying the Batman. That works. <laughs> like Batman has gravitas. The Dazzler. She's a like in the comics. She was introduced in the late seventies. It was a. I'm gonna mess it up, but basically the idea is that some record label wanted to pair with Marvel Comics in the late seventies and basically like have them create a character that they could somehow do an album and stuff like that. Just, it was a disco character. If you see her original costume, she's just wearing a mat, like a domino mask and then like a silver sequin vest and roller skates. And she was a singer. She's a pop singer. And ultimately she joined the X-Men. She was a mutant. But, uh, so she's been in the X-Men a good amount over the years. Okay. The team that they have in this, we'll go, we'll do the rundown a little bit, but like the team that they use for this is really like the classic team that was around when in the late 70s and early 80s the X-Men became very well known and started to sell very well under Chris Claremont the writer and John Byrne was the uh penciler for some of that but he had other uh, artists as well minus Dazzler that's basically the team as it was for almost I don't know eight years or something and 
they are like the best characters, I think, that ever, like they're a cool family when they come together. So yeah, this is actually very classic X-Men. For all sure. Right, and right. man, they really pulled out all the stops with the villains, too. Because, like, it's an entire... They kind of blew their wad, honestly, with the villains. Magneto like, from the jump. Dude, yeah. Magneto. So, before we can even get to the show, who here saw what Spider-Man had to say about voting oh at the beginning hey, of this? Rock the vote, buddy. Yeah. Let's, let's hear this real quick before we jump into it. If you think superheroes like me <laughs> can fight all your battles for you, think again. Voting for your local, state, and federal representative lets you choose who's on your side and all the issues we face today. From the little ones to the really big ones, too. But before you can vote, you need to register. So do it now. For registration forms or information on how to register, visit your local participating video store. Have a voice in your future. Register. And vote. <laughs> and Tom Spider-Man sent you. You tell him Spider-Man sent you, you'll be arrested on site. Exactly. Do not, no matter what, even if Spider-Man did send you, do not tell anyone at the voting booth that Spider-Man sent you or any other superhero or fictional character. Don't do it. Don't do it. Who is he? Who is this for? You can't register to vote until you're what, 16? Right. So I think 18, actually. Either way, it's not somebody who would probably be watching this at the time that it came out. Right. Most likely. Who did they think they were talking to? He comes out swinging. He has an attitude that is very confrontational. And the, the like the ha 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 ha, the echoey thing at the beginning, it's like it's a, an anti-drug commercial. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to freak you out and, and scare you. <laughs> it's really weird. And the actor, we were making fun of how he sounds. He sounds very lispy. There's a lisp, yeah. Yeah, and, and he just sounds like very, like he doesn't really want to play the part. Right. Like it's somebody, they an intern they pulled in at the last minute. But I just don't understand why it's even there. Also, he says, you think the superheroes can fight all your battles for you? I hope you don't think that, even as a child. Like, I didn't think the superheroes could come do things for me, and I read a lot of comic books. They were still experimenting with the crossover of uh, cartoon and PSAs. They were. (laughs) I mean, you know, but there were other ones like G.I. Joe that had really perfected it already. This is just... This is scary. So random. It w- this would scare me out of voting. Maybe this is why I haven't voted. <laughs> it's because Spider-Man kind of, like, he he's intimidating. He's right. like an enforcer. <laughs> well, don't oh, tell yeah. him. Oh, yeah, and be an organ donor. Yeah. <laughs> or else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, various adult stuff for probably 10-year-olds to be thinking about. It's like eight years later, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, Spider-Man told me to vote. Okay, yeah. I'll do it. <laughs> okay, so that's what you start off seeing if you have the video. <laughs> um, and I definitely suggest seeking that out. So, Stan Lee is the narrator for this episode. And I would have imagined every episode, if he had his way, if this show had been picked up. Right. Stan Lee is the creator of the X-Men. And he, the way he talks in this, he calls people true believers. He, he's talking directly to you in this way that I talked about in the Avengers episode, where it's like he uses this vernacular that seems completely Stan Lee. Like, only he talks like this. His accent, I know he's from New York, but it's just hard for me to, like, I can't do any approximation of it. It's no, really no. weird. Yeah. Like, superheroes is how he says that. That's all I know. <laughs> but he is, he's real jovial, even when he's scared of what's about to happen. Right. <laughs> yeah. Know? This is Stanley of Marvel Comics warning you to look around you, your classmates, your friends. You never know which one of them may be a mutant, a person born with strange and wondrous powers. Now, some mutants, like the X-Men, use their special gifts for good. But then there are the terrorist mutants who plan to destroy the human race. I think that's a very dangerous tact to open your cartoon with a person that they respect telling the children, look around you, someone might be dangerous. Someone is a mutant. Yeah. Like, this is just science. And a very well-placed eagle scream. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
It just seems like it seems dangerous to me. Yeah. It doesn't seem like a good idea. He, right. I, maybe he believes that. Maybe Stanley at that point already believed his own stories. Um, but the scene that he's setting for us is that we're out in, I guess, the desert somewhere like uh, Nevada or New, I don't know. Grand Canyon is. Sure, sure. <laughs> like we talk about, yeah. There's an army convoy and they have Magneto in some kind of high tech. We don't know how they captured him. He's like in a, in a stasis like force field of some kind. Can't break out. Can't. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they're using on him, but it's, again, like it looks great. The These energy rings that are going down around him, at some point when the, the truck starts uh, swerving and stuff like that, you see the rings gesticulate with the truck. It just is very detailed and very yeah. fluid. Yeah. And Magneto looks very intimidating. He's beefed up, bro. Yeah. Dude, and his face is in shadow a lot of the time. Yep. He, this is the most evil version of Magneto I've ever seen. I like Like it. truly yeah. evil, not yeah. just like misunderstood. Mm. Um, and he's dealing with I mean, there's a bunch of soldiers around, but there's a general, General Jaffe? Something like like that. that. That's, I guess, supposed to be the epitome of humans who are racist, who are intolerant. So, of course, he's Southern. And he's got, like, it all came back to me when I heard this guy. I knew knew exactly everything else that happened because his voice is so distinct. He, he's just a cartoon, though. Right. (laughs) (laughs) No, no argument there. (laughs) And the thing is, they're on this convoy, they're out on the road, and they encounter a little bit of trouble. Now, things kind of come fast and furious after this point, so I'm going to try to introduce characters to those of you that may not be familiar with some of them as we go. We've got Magneto, we've got the General, that's the main thing, and then we've also got the White Queen coming into play. This is a character that gets like two lines in the entire episode. They really relegate her to a backseat. Uh, I'm going to play a clip real quick so we can see here just how evil Magneto is, how silly the general is. And also, <laughs> I just love, it's like, I don't know, F Troop or Gomer Pyle or something, the way that he's reacting. I am Magneto. Release me. I command it. He's a mutant, a stinking mutant. He doesn't deserve to live on the same planet as normal, decent human beings. When the Brotherhood of Mutant Terrorists and I are through, humans will no longer have a place on planet Earth. Why, you rotten... Men are so helpless against the mental powers of the White Queen. It's the highway itself! It's turning into quicksand! Quicksand? Quicksand? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, that is etched in my brain. Like, I know exactly all that stuff. I remembered it exactly. Memory just flushed. Seriously, dude, I love it. I love it. So what happens is the White Queen, who is a telepath, she manages to convince everybody telepathically that the road is melting. It's really kind of a scary scene. Like, the there's a soldier crawling on his hands and knees. Like, like he's losing his mind. (laughs) He's drowning in the road. They're all PTSD after this. If they weren't already as soldiers, (laughs) I guess. So, like, very bad. But... White Queen, like, flies, I guess, kind of. She just floats in, and, like, she also, she sounds like an old woman to me, right, like a very yeah. old woman, when she's actually a very sexy young lady. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's funny, because that costume, she's wearing, like, like 1800s, like, bustier and garb <laughs> and a cape, and that's right in the comics. In the 1992 series, when they had her character and some other ones like that, that yeah. dressed that way, they thought it was too sexy, and they, they doctored it up to not be that. So this is already a sexier cartoon. Wow. <laughs> Except Rogue's not here, so right. So it's a balance. But you really can't get sexier than Storm's outfit, which doesn't change at all. No, no and not it's, at all. And that's the classic one. I mean, that's a great costume. A lot of skin. Hey, oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
I wonder if Mr. Skin has like a section of the site that's like just comic book characters in comics. For sure he does. Yeah, that's definitely <laughs> so you, going you down. have the authority on this then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay, cool. Sure I'll, I'll believe it, man. Yeah. But uh yeah, so this is White Queen busting Magneto out of the jail. Um I think the only things that I really noticed about it was that the general is chomping on a cigar. And that's just, why wouldn't he be? Big old cigar. Yep. Uh, yeah, just... Rah, 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 it's just power the, move. Yeah, he knows that he's so... He's, is that allowed, though, as like an army officer? In the 80s. Probably. Yeah, everybody smoked. I forget. Everyone's smoking all the time. <laughs> so that's what we open up with. And then Magneto escapes, and the general says something to the soldier that's just like, none of us are safe with Magneto loose. And I believe it, because again, listen to how Magneto sounds. He truly... As opposed to like the Ian McKellen who seems kind of bemused or right. a lot of things. And yeah. he's just kind of like, oh, he smiles. This Magneto is just out for blood. And I love it. I mean, it's not really my... I imagine Magneto is more complex than this, but he is a great evil villain, I would say. Great voice too, man. Super awesome voice. Yep. From this scene, we jump over to Upper State New York, Westchester, where the Academy... Sports and outdoors. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, the the academy, the Xavier's Academy for the gifted youngsters. Yes. Yeah. Euphemism for stinking muties. Mm. And uh, Kitty Pride is being dropped off. Now, were either of you guys familiar with Kitty Pride? Yeah. Uh, passively. The name mm -hmm. made sense in my brain. <laughs> the words went together. I didn't deny them. Travis, did you shake your head? No, man. I, I had no idea. Now, did you see the third... X-Men movie or Days of Future Past? No. Okay. She nope. showed up in those. Uh, Ellen Page played her in the movies from Juno. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, well, so Kitty Pride. we talked about Jubilee a lot in the 1992 X-Men show that we did. And I talked about how there's always been, well, after a certain point, there's always been a teenage like point of view character that's right. a young female that has kind of a relatively passive power, like one that's not necessarily that offensive kitty pride is the original one she is the one that jubilee is just another version of hmm. she uh, she was introduced i believe in the late 70s um so that's why she made the the pilot for this yeah, yeah yeah and i and i love in the comics it's great because she starts off just like this she is a very i don't know how if she's as whiny as this character is but she is tough but she's also she's not she's a kid she's a teenager or whatever so and that's the thing is she's very young and she's dressed extremely 80s yeah. Like turquoise button up shirt, unbuttoned, right. like, you know, khaki <laughs> pants, just like yeah. she's very bookish. And that's yeah. true in the comics. She asked too. the taxi driver to wait around. And he, he's, even when he's well out of earshot, he's still telling her Forget why he's it, not. Kid. Yeah. <laughs> this place gives me the creeps. <laughs> but like he's, he's already driven away. <laughs> I love that. It's great. And she walks in and the door just opens at, at the place. And so I don't. Like this, she's arriving. What's going to happen is she's going to talk, meet Professor X. She doesn't exactly know what's going on. It seems like she got a letter from Professor X. She kind of, he knows stuff about her that he shouldn't. They have not even talked to each other, though, is the implication here. Yeah. And so, why would he not make it easier on this poor girl and treat her, like, get her used to this world that he's introducing her to? He has her enter the building and then sends his mental projection out. To meet her. This is, I'm surprised she doesn't freak out about it, but he's not at all like just giving her something that would be easier to swallow, yeah. you know? But I mean, if, if you could send a mental projection out to greet somebody, would you get up physically and go do it? No. 
No. No, 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 no. Right, yeah. And he can't get up and do it. So <laughs> it's, it's, he doesn't have that option. You know, he's gotten real lazy over the years. It's actually, right. that's the reason he's in the chair, is he just stopped wanting just, to get up. Yeah, man. He's yeah. not paralyzed. <laughs> yeah. I think Travis, I think it, it's it okay supports, if it's... A, it supports the illusion. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's, he's, um, right. he uses that to his advantage. Machiavellian <laughs> is this Xavier. I, actually, I would argue that this Xavier is a bit Machiavellian, but mm. we'll get to that. Professor X, we're going to hear this whole exchange where we're going to hear Kitty. We're going to hear her meet Professor X. I really like his voice. He sounds like Donald Sutherland to me so much that yeah. I didn't know who Donald, Donald Sutherland was when I was a kid. But when I heard him on The Simpsons as an, uh, closer to adulthood, I was like, that's like Professor X. <laughs> and like, now I know him. who he is. But I mean, I was going to get a clip of like prof or, what, Professor President Snow from Hunger Games just mm -hmm. to compare. But yeah. I was like, this is just what he sounds like. He's, he's, he's this weird kind of milky voice, but very authoritative. So we're going to hear Professor X meet Kitty. Just think about somebody telling you, I know what happens to you in private that nobody should know about. And you're an older man, and she's a 14-year-old girl, by the way. <laughs> Miss Pride, it has come to my attention that you have a mutant power, the ability to walk through solid matter. I believe you call it phasing. Who are you? I am Professor Charles Xavier, also known as Professor X. I and those who have joined me are known as the X-Men. How do you know about, about what I can do? All the things you mentioned in this letter... No one knows, not even my parents. I have the ability to see into people's minds. Their minds? Oh, don't worry, child. I don't use my gift recklessly. Come, we'll meet the others. <laughs> Forget about that. He's like, <laughs> don't ask anymore. He's like, by yeah. the way, this is my lazy chair. Yeah. He he does use it recklessly. <laughs> he he just looked into her mind and saw what she, her, something her parents don't even know that happens to her accidentally in private. Because, I mean, m mutant powers have often been like a surrogate or a, an analog to not only puberty, but even a sexual awakening where it's like, these are I, what's happening to my body? I don't understand. This is new to me. And so the fact that he has gone into her mind from, I assume, miles away, this is just, it's a big invasion. And he acts like, it's like, oh, don't worry, but no, don't think about that. <laughs> like, I almost feel like he's like, yeah, I've seen like, you know, the uh, brush that you keep beside your bed, you know, in the pajamas you wear. Yeah, I know what you're talking Anyway, don't, don't think about that. Don't worry about young it. Young lady, we'll keep going. <laughs> 14 years old she is. This She's too young to be going to this school. It's ridiculous. <laughs> um, but yeah, he, I like him a lot, but he has an air of creepiness to me because of that. And he also tends to get... <laughs> He tends to get angry really easily in a, I don't know, he sounds like he gets angry at Kitty. That's one of my favorite parts of yeah. the whole episode. He goes like, especially <laughs> the second time, or I mean. Yeah. Well, anytime that Kitty like phases into something on accident, what happens is she can pass through, she can pass through objects. And if she does it to a machine, it messes up the machine, which can right. be used to her benefit, but she does it on accident. It's, you know, again, she's a teenager. She, her body is out of control, so she accidentally goes, <laughs> you know, kids <laughs> are just phasing into things all the time. Yeah. yeah. And so every time he goes, Kitty, you're phasing, like just immediately goes into, don't do that. Yeah. And the thing is, she, she gets... She cares about him so suddenly. Like, she gets really into Professor X. She's very emotional. I feel like there's this weird bond that's not appropriate. And I don't even, it doesn't have to be sexual. It's like a fatherly thing. She falls into something with him because he so easily yells at her, but treat and has this invasion of privacy. I don't know. It just seems weird to me, the whole thing. I mean, she phases into the console twice. The second time, yeah. I kind of have expected to be like, 
damn it, Kitty. <laughs> exactly. Kitty, you're phasing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then from that, instantly entrusts her with the most important piece of machinery yeah. in the entire... With a terrible plan. <laughs> like, he could do something better, for yeah. sure. Yeah, well, <laughs> I definitely want to talk about that. But you're right, like, and, and I, but it feels like that's a thing about Professor X that in the movies, or even in the cartoon, I don't get to see him being that authoritative with people. I feel like some of the other characters, he's kind of, he'll be like, he'll talk to them like a headmaster. He'll get stern and raise his voice a little bit. And he is a teacher at the end of the day. In fact, the head teacher. So I like the kind of barely restrained rage that he has. Yeah. <laughs> it just works for me. You know, yeah. I like that in my Professor X. It's kind of confusing to me. She's like, so I am a mutant. It's like, yeah, what did you think you were? Like, what well, he's contacted you. He says you're a mutant. He says you have a mutant power. He specifies... <laughs> He, he puts the emphasis on mutant, like you're not another kind of superhuman, you're a mutant power. And then she goes, so I really am a mutant. Yeah, of course. <laughs> like, how is this a question? Um, and she says something right then in that moment. She says, like, I don't know. I'm confused and afraid. She just tells us her emotions. Yeah. <laughs> I only wish that I could be that open with my emotions with everybody and just say, you know what? I'm confused. I'm afraid. I'm a little gassy. I'm lonely. I'm, I'm lonely. I'm tired. Super lonely. So this is where Professor X introduces Kitty, really introduces Kitty, to the weird, wild world of those wacky mutants, the X-Men. And we get Danger to see room. them. Danger room. <laughs> Danger room. Uh, uh, uh. Uh. We get to see them. And this is like the most classic, I mean, again, classic lineup, minus Dazzler. And they're doing all the cool stuff in the danger room. Well, I like Dazzler, but she's not. The, minus Dazzler. Basically, she, she can be left out. Because well, she barely has any lines. Yeah. Her and White Queen totally get sidelined. And I don't really blame them. But why even have, like, you don't even have to have that other character. Right. She basically, Jean Grey in the, was in the comics as Phoenix at the time, was basically filling the role that Dazzler is here. In the comics, it was so complicated. I bet that's why they didn't use her, mm. I would assume. They're in the danger room, and there seems to be a major Mayan theme <laughs> going on with what they're doing. Like, yeah. it looks great. It, again. It is fantastic. All the oh action is so... The thing with Colossus, Colossus is running through this hallway, and just, like, these pillars of stone just are slamming out. Yeah, just and he gets them. slammed by one, and you can feel. Like, seriously, they did not ship this out to, like, a cheap... You know, what is it? What was it, South Korea, that they did on for the 92 series, I think? <laughs> yeah. No, seriously, what, like, it was that, and it was just... And that looked great, but this is... I, maybe they spent all their money on this. I don't know. Professor X is going to introduce us to each one of the X-Men and we will hear all their voices and get it all out of the way at once. Cyclops. It's a mutant alert. Our training session's over. We're needed. Peter Raskin. Colossus. <laughs> it is good, little one. Colossus like rain. <laughs> Alison Blair, the Dazzler. She can transform sun into powerful bolts of light. Leave this one to the Dazzler. Storm. You see, the girl is scared. Don't you remember what it was like when you first discovered you were a mutant? Nightcrawler? Ah, Fräulein. What a lovely vision you are. Please allow me. Professor? Kitty, you're phasing. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the first time. Even then, it's he's already not understanding of her situation. Yeah. And he's a teacher. Like, he should be very... <laughs> Understand. Maybe that. a little bit of a, yeah, like, hey, don't lean on things when you get scared in this room. Yeah. There's a lot of high-tech equipment. right here. <laughs> Just go through the ground if you're going to face. Like, don't <laughs> lean, don't back up and things. My body's changing. It is. It is. Poor girl. So, <laughs> we just met, we met everybody, right? Except Wolverine. Oh, there was that guy. Okay, I guess we should hear Wolverine then. 
wolverines with razor-like adamantium claws. They're sharp enough to slice through almost any substance known to man. Welcome, her Wait, she's not joining the X-Men, is she? She's just a kid. <laughs> of course, it's all been real. Get with it. The X-Men don't have room for whiny brats. Hold it. The kid stays here. She'll just get in the way. <laughs> Are we going to talk about this all day? I'll do it. <laughs> wow. He growls before everything oh, he says. That was about. an excellent super You weren't cut. lying about the over-the-top Aussie He is, Aussie he is so... Cons All he says in the entire thing, basically, is I don't want Shadow Cat, which is Kitty Pride's name. I don't want Kitty Pride here. I don't want her here. Yeah. All he has to contribute <laughs> Except is for that, that wonderful... Are we going to talk about, about this, this all day? day? Are we yeah. going to do something? Yeah. I love it. Oh, he actually, he does have a great line that's going to come near the very end, but that's going to explain a lot of things, so I'm going to leave it alone. Well, but I couldn't tell if it was, is he Australian? Is he Cockney? He's Australian, but it does sound Cockney. Is sometimes. he an orc? He is. <laughs> <laughs> We've been eating nothing but, yeah. what does he say? <laughs> Rotten meat for three right. stinking days. <laughs> Same guy that did the orc on Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I looked it up. Wolverine is Australian, and everybody who has an accent has their accent set to the oh, max. Man. It is on it 100. Is amazing. It is on 11. It, everybody. <laughs> and that's, the, the, I mean, this, the X-Men, when they retooled it and created a lot of these characters and changed the original lineup to Storm, Wolverine, these guys, they intentionally were making it an international team of heroes. There's they no, wanted. There's no split the diff. No, 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 no. There's either there's either no accent like, or all everything. accent, and everything you say is related to where you're from. Right? <laughs> it seems yeah. like it is good. Yes, he's Australian, guys. That's what happened, and there was a big mix-up somewhere. And I'm not going to explain it yet, but I do have I do have an answer for you as to why the hell that happened. I do like the voice. I, it's not what I would pick for Wolverine, but it's not completely far away from if you took away the accent. Right. You know, he generally got the gruffness of it. The other characters also, they sound really good. I, I mean, Cyclops is awesome. That's a classic hero He's voice. a leader. A yeah. leader I can get behind. Absolutely. Because he also later, like when Wolverine says, are we going to do this? He goes, we're going to do it. Yeah. Like, you're just like, hell yeah, dude, lead me into battle. There's none of this, you know, like, oh, he's like a cuck in the right. movies and everything. Like, that's not Cyclops. Cyclops is a hard ass, too. <laughs> a so, cuck as in cuckold. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Just, yeah. Just well, because Wolverine often, <laughs> yeah, they often, <laughs> with Jean Grey around, there's, they try to introduce this love triangle usually. And Ugh. it's like Wolverine represents like the id basically and will and cyclops is like the uptight one and so he ends up looking like a priss basically and that's just not who cyclops and he was. hasn't he hasn't worked since those movies because of that part seriously i i like that actor but i i can only think of that i looked it up really <laughs> yeah <laughs> literally are, these are facts from the on imdb <laughs> trivia has not worked since x-men right. 3 yeah everyone agrees this guy's a cut no one likes him in that shit man and i don't blame him but this is just to clarify uh cook hold right cook hold clock, yeah. a, a clock yeah. hold a <laughs> clock hold yeah a clock hold is well take the definition and insert yeah. chicken and okay. chicken. i thought it was like a ted nugent song <laughs> right. whatever okay so uh, Storm sounds very close to what they ended up with in the 92 series and great. excellent. Like the, the accent is just, it's there. Actually hers, I will say her, she has a little bit of an accent there. It sounds like there's a little bit of African. That one is not to the hilt. That is the most like accurate 
sounding or at least uh, most tasteful. Nightcrawlers is also pretty easy to it's, listen to. It's good. Oh, it's yeah. re- they're all music to my ears. It's just like he's never not com- completely German. Right. Or in Colossus's case, <laughs> never not the stupidest Russian you've ever met. Like Colossus is a quiet artist and not a dumb guy in the comics, but he's not like a brain science brain scientist. Yeah, there you that's go. what Ben Carson is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he's not like I mean, he's not a genius, but he's he's not dumb. And in this, he's just a big goofball. Yes, he's good, you know, right? Yes, I <laughs> love he's you. Good. Yeah, but it's great. He's very jovial, <laughs> kind of like a Borat type. It is a big Borat, and that's where I learned to approximate anything Russian, <laughs> even though he's not Russian. <laughs> Eastern Bloc, you know, yeah, we've talked Eastern. about the Eastern Bloc. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, this, God, I love these guys. Nightcrawler, his voice is great. I will say that Nightcrawler, at the end of all that, the reason that Kitty backs into that machine is because Nightcrawler teleports in and immediately approaches her. What, he doesn't understand physical boundaries at all. No. Like, it's like if I just met you, Travis, and I walk right into your face right. and grab your hand and I'm like, you're a, you're a sight. You're a beauty. And you're just like, I, I, I but you're 14. And a girl, mm, and yeah. I'm a monster. If you, so, yeah, yeah, you, you got to slow play it like Professor X. Yeah, you can't just no. Yeah. And the thing is, I feel like Nightcrawler understands that he's a very sensitive guy. Like I don't know why he continually does that throughout this cartoon. I don't think it's because he's a creep. I think it's just because I guess in this world he's just like, why wouldn't you want to talk to me? He's so naive. He's so good. He's he so good. He doesn't assume any bad. Of well, it. He is just like a, a sweetheart. Yeah, he is a sweetheart, and he's he's such a good man, as we'll find out throughout this cartoon. But yeah, that's what he keeps. He does. He seems especially focused on her beauty for a fourteen-year-old girl. I think, but that's okay. That's okay. He's German. In Europe, they're just they talk about things. Right. They're not so uptight about right how we talk. You know. These, yeah. Normal conventions of age boundaries. And, right. Yeah. So. These are our X-Men. Kitty's met them. She messes up the whole danger room by, by phasing through things. I agree with Wolverine. She shouldn't be here. She's, Get she's, her out of here. Yeah, she's already screwing things up. I think Professor X may already be regretting inviting her because she's messing up everything around them. But they, they all get acquainted very quickly, and then there's a red alert. And lo and behold, it's a mutant alert because that's mm. the only thing that they're really responsible for is mutant stuff, I think. And the X-Men have to run off. All of them. All of them. <laughs> they all need yeah. to leave. They all have yeah. to go and respond to this, and leaving Kitty and Professor X behind. Little do they know that in responding to this threat, they are leaving Kitty and Professor X, an invalid and a child, <laughs> powerless and emphasis, vulnerable. Emphasis yes. on invalid. They are, they are powerless and vulnerable to two figures awaiting them on the grounds of Xavier's Academy. When we come back from this break, you will learn the identity of those two figures. Nature of the Beast. Discover the ugly truths and dark secrets of true crime, the paranormal, the occult, and conspiracy. Join your guides for weekly episodes and face the true nature of the beast. Days past Tooncast, we are back. Yes. My name is Will. My name is still Travis. And over here we have... The Morielli finale. (laughs) The finale with Morielli. Said with confidence and gusto. Yeah. (laughs) 
Maybe that's a Freudian. Who, who's insight. the champ? Who's the champ? I, I am. Yeah, if you're talking about doing that after sex, make sure you practice that first. Are, are, are you ready for the, the finale? <laughs> you're, you're wincing as you say it. It's painful for you. And we're talking about... It's good, right? We're talking about the uh, the pride of the X-Men. Mm. The kitty pride of the X-Men. Yeah. You know what I realized? Uh, what did you realize, I like buddy? I like to um, take words and phrases and figure out the exact opposite. Okay. Yes. So kitty pride's exact opposite is uh, doggy shame. God damn. <laughs> and it's funny because her uh her her code name most use she went through like a billion code names. Sprite, Ariel, what? Okay, wow. Shadowcat is the that's a great name. That's cool. Um but it's you know, doggy <laughs> Doggy shame. Doggy shame. And uh, we're, we're talking about- Did you about just part- figure out you like to do that just now or- No, I always like to do You've that. You've been doing that? Okay. I do it in, see, in here. Okay. My brain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the secret place. <laughs> yeah. No one knows what I do here. Oh, uh, no. And no one will. Oh, geez. We were talking about how <laughs> Professor Xavier and Kitty Pride were left def- relatively defenseless at the X-Mansion while the X-Men responded to an emergency. Yeah. Well, this is all going according to plan as far as Magneto, the master of magnetism, is concerned. Good Lord. That's his whole name. That's his full <laughs> name. And uh, so the two figures that are watching from the shadows on the edges, on the outskirts of the property, yep. are Magneto and none other than the Juggernaut. The Juggernaut. As a kid, probably my first exposure to the character. Right. How can you not respect him? <laughs> he makes you respect him. He you got no choice. He just walks through things. Right. It's yeah. nothing. And here's the thing. As a kid, even, I understood that this cartoon repeated things too often. He says, nothing stops the juggernaut multiple times. And that's other characters just have like, right. here's my explanation of my power. I will say it again. Right. I'll yep. just say this thing again. <laughs> and the juggernaut just seems, he's not that bright a guy. Mainly the villains. They're oh, really, yeah. They're really proud of... <laughs> This is my thing. Yeah. Yep. I did this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I accomplished. Um, and they stuck with the idea that Xavier and him are stepbrothers, which is kind of a complicated issue to cover in a single episode. Let's see what Mr. Juggernaut, Cain Marco is his name, which mm. is a very like on the nose name. Mark of Cain, Cain Marco. He's jealous of his brother. Okay. Uh, which honestly, I only recently figured out. Because I'm a heathen. <laughs> Travis is nodding in approval. Yes. Travis is like, yes, yes I like. Yes. Right. We need I need like I need oral confirmation, not oh sorry. Not yeah. visual confirmation. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> just it is good. Yes, just thumbs ups and <laughs> winks. Okay, forgot, so forgot, this this podcast works on a mic. That's on a right. microphone yeah, system. A microphone. Yes. All right, so let's hear this juggernaut. Are those people? Magneto. And I'm sorry to say my stepbrother juggernaut. What's wrong, Charlie? No warm welcome for your dear stepbrother? You've always been welcome in my home, Kane. It's your choice of friends, I question. Where do you think you're going, dear stepbrother? He sounds like Hulk Hogan. Yeah. yeah. Brother, go, I'll wrestle you tonight, brother. Just, just in a way, just, oh man, he eats those words. Kind of swashbuckling, yeah. too. Yeah, definitely. Brother. He's Yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah he, you can see him doing an R mm-hmm. kind of movement with his. Come on, Chuck. How? Yeah, exactly. How awesome. And I really like what Xavier says there. It's very Xavier. Because he he is the pacifist. He <laughs> right. says, "I you're always welcome in my home. I just I don't approve of who you hang out with." So that I don't know. That to me is really cool. It's tender. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Like, but next he, time use the door, please. Yeah, please don't like please. bust down. I have a bunch of rockets out there that you messed up, like in lasers. Can you put them back, maybe where you found them? Because um, yeah, Juggernaut just pounded through all that stuff. Yeah. 
Now, Travis, you have made a connection. You, you and Ancestry.com have worked together. Yep. Yeah. And you did some detective work. Yes. Yeah, so first off, I didn't know that they were they were stepbrothers. That yes. is a thing in the comic. It is a thing. Is... Now, and here, <laughs> this is comics, okay? Okay. This is more comics. This is comics, guys! <laughs> this is comic logic. So okay. he's not even a mutant. He has mystical powers. He gets his strength from like a jewel that gives him those powers. What are the chances that the stepbrother, the jealous stepbrother of the most powerful mutant telepath in the world would find a mystical gem? But also, why would he be a mutant? Because they're not brothers. So none of it makes sense. Does the hmm. gem increase his physical size? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it makes him a big boy. And that's what he is. <laughs> yeah, it makes him a very big boy. He's he's gigantic. Uh, yeah, they're, they're stepbrothers. And it's... I love the character. I just wish it was a cleaner story. Right. <laughs> it's yeah. weird. They don't talk about the mystical crap on here, so that's probably for the better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But yeah, just, but yeah. you but let's get to the yes. let's yes. cut to it, yes. man. So so through ancestry.com and yes. 23andMe, um, I found yeah, I, f I think I found the missing link to uh, some brotherhood there, man. Okay. And I sent you the picture. It's yes. uh, it's dumb Donald from Fat Albert. It's big dumb Donald. And yeah, <laughs> there you go. And and the juggernaut, man. Yeah. I think uh, they, they they bear some likeness there. I absolutely agree. For those that don't uh remember big dumb donald <laughs> which is just that's a terrible name man right for a show that's trying to like you know uh, teach lessons to children we just all to one of the kids we all have a dumb donald in our lives though hey don't we all have a dumb donald inside of us Ooh. a little Ooh. dumb donald yeah <laughs> dumb donald is the member of fat albert's crew right his north philly uh, trash. Junk what was it? Junkyard, junkyard crew. Yard. Trash can crew is what I was gonna call. It. And he is Probably the work. one who's. I, I, is it a toboggan or a hood? Whatever it is, the pink thing that's pulled over his head like Orko from He Man. Yeah. And he, he can see through it with his eyes. The Juggernaut's helmet looks just like this. I absolutely agree. <laughs> to that a if tea. nothing, they both they both like got the same gym at some point. Yeah. And Dumb Donald <laughs> probably can like you know plow through walls and stuff like that. He just doesn't do it because he's dumb. It just kind of magnifies what you already have, maybe. Maybe so. Maybe yeah. so. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, yeah, it's it's so stupid. I mean, I it's just it's just so comics, man. It's exhausting to It you. is. Yeah, I think it's hilarious. I love talking about it, but it's also like when you look back, this is what happens when you have people write serial stories like soap operas basically for 60 years and it's been 100 different authors at different times. Things like this, complicated things, all have to be rectified and, uh, you know, match each other somehow. Yeah. Okay, so Juggernaut, good brother of Dumb Donald and stepbrother, stepbrother of, <laughs> <laughs> of Charles Xavier. Yes. Uh, him and Magneto are breaking into the X-Mansion and... Because they know, they know that policy is whenever there's an alert, all the most powerful and capable mutants leave. Right. Apparently. <laughs> Which, like, all they... I mean, they're the, privy. And the X-Men, the X-Mansion, like, their only enemies, really, that are going to attack them are these guys. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Magneto, Juggernaut. Now, I don't even know what the defense would be against Juggernaut, honestly, because... I don't know if you guys, nothing stops the juggernaut. Not even anything. Just I not think anything. some kind of home alone type solution would work. Like maybe some oil. <laughs> just He's marbles. sliding I'm around thinking marbles. marbles. Just, yeah. He would just like plow through the entire <laughs> property probably. The problem with Xavier is he's not thinking that. No, that no, no. He, yeah, yeah, he's too high. He's just like, how can yeah. I outthink this man who's going to beat me to a pulp? But he never does anything. He just picks him up. Like it just throws him around a little <laughs> right. bit. Like I mean, Just jostles him a little bit. Knocks him out of his chair and all of a sudden he's helpless, you know? But Magneto is there, and so what he's there for is the mutant power circuit, which is what powers Cerebro, yes. which is the computer yeah. that boosts 
Good Lord. Boosts Professor Xavier's mental powers, telepathy, to find specifically mutants and apparently spy on them like a perv, which is what he did with Kitty Pride. So right. he just finds people that because they're mutants and then, like, I don't know, like nanny cams them through his mind until he figures out whether he wants them to come to he his home. He finds the most not. attractive and most vulnerable. Yes. <laughs> most, most easily manipulated. <laughs> yeah. Most in need of a father figure, right. probably. So Magneto... He, all Professor Xavier thinks to do, and this is what you were talking about earlier, Mimo, is he, this, by the way, this circuit looks really cool. It's an orb of light, essentially, which looks like the Energon cubes from Transformers, Travis. Yeah. Yep. And because it's all full of like holograms or something. And he just gives it to Kitty and says, Kitty, run. And Kitty just starts running and phasing through things. Magneto chases her. Yeah, this is not the right way to do things. She is a child. He's just giving her the response. He should tell her to run just in general, like, and go, go away from all of this. Yeah. But Kitty, is not very smart with what she does. Like, she stops at the end of a hallway to have a conversation with Magneto. She argues Professor Xavier's pacifist view, which she was just introduced to in the last hour. She's not ever been to the school before, but she stops and risks her own life and the circuit just to argue with Magneto about whether humans and mutants can get along. Why? Why did she stop? She's in. I mean, she's all in. At I this guess. Point. Yeah, but she could do that while she's running. She, I guess I am a mutant. Yeah. And then. <laughs> yeah. Well, then I'm going to take up the cause 100%. Well, that's cool, but do it over your shoulder while you're running from the guy who's wanting to steal the thing. And then when he finally, like, she, he has a conversation with her and intimidates her, basically, and he pulls these cables out of the wall, the electrocutor with his magnetism. And when she's being electrocuted, she falls through the ground and just throws the ball to him, the circuit. Like, you don't have to do that. You can just grab onto it. Throws it go right the to thing. Him. Just like, ah, you made me. A great scene, though, when the wires are coming out. And it's kind of, again, yeah. very creepy. And he's yeah. he's very, he's sinister. Like he, <laughs> I, I mean, again, I really like it. But the Magneto, I think the quote unquote real Magneto would not take any pleasure in hurting a mutant. He right. would, he would be like, well, I, I'm going to do this because I, you're standing in the way of something bigger and more important, but he's not gonna be like, yes, I want to see you succumb to the electric coils. He just really like sucks on it, you know? <laughs> he sucks all the juice out of yeah. it. <laughs> on it. And so finally, Kitty throws him the damn circuit. And I, the circuit is really important and you can tell something's important when they mention it about 12 times in the cartoon. <laughs> This is Cerebro, a powerful computer with a special circuit. Cerebro's mutant power circuit. The mutant power circuit. Circuit. The circuit. Cerebro's power circuit. The circuit. Power circuit. 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 The circuit. You made me break the circuit. That's such a childish thing to say, too. You made me break my own toy. I mean, it is. I love the way they say it. Like, the way Professor Xavier says circuit, it makes me want it. No wonder Magneto came after her. Like, it makes me want the damn thing. It sounds cool. It's the circuit. The circuit. Lots of power in that thing. But hey, man, they lose. Kitty, Professor X, that team is down. Yep. They're not good. Meanwhile, the other X-Men are... I, I kept thinking they went into space, but what happened is they just flew in like low orbit to where they were going. Right. To an observation, I don't know, astronomy place? Yeah, deep space observation, observation. facility. Right. Yeah. 
A D S O F. This this entire scientist family is. Yeah. Why are they all? I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know if they live there or if they gathered them there. But why? We're going to develop that story arc in the I, yeah, series. They probably didn't. so. Yeah. So yeah, it's a uh, the scientist. Of course, they made the man the scientist. He's in a lab coat, right. and he and his wife and his little girl are in a cage of fire because we're dealing with two more evil mutants, and they're pulling out all the stops with these guys. Uh, both of them have been in movies in various forms. We have Pyro, who is supposed to be Australian. Okay. So that's that's for sure. And he's got a good Australian accent. You also have a man named The Blob. Mm-hmm. And what I've heard about The Blob is that nothing moves him. <laughs> nothing moves The Blob. Because he's a big old fatso. And he is gigantic. He's like not just wide, but he's about eight feet tall or nine yeah. feet tall, it looks like. And he's wearing the, the wrestler uh, spandex. Oh, man. <laughs> that is his classic costume, man. And it is his mutant power is not actually to be that big. Right. His mutant power is that he can like call on the gravitational force of the earth to be immovable. That's more his power than anything oh. else. But the rest of it is just that he's a big fat guy. And they make him... As stupid as possible. An Austrian? Is he Austrian? <laughs> oh, his no. Actually, you know what? He's Something like, like he's that. from Amarillo, Texas, in the comics. What? Yeah. <laughs> actually, now that I think, if it's not Amarillo, wow. I might be mixing reality. But it's definitely from Texas, and it's not a big city. It's not like one of our main, you know, Dallas or whatever. So we're being represented on the on the screen here, guys. Yeah. This sure is Texas. <laughs> they should like they should have made him just the same, but like a female with really big hair, and then that's like, and then, and then cowboy boots and right. stuff. Then you got yourself a Texan blob. But <laughs> we got the blob and the general. <laughs> right. That's right. Whoop de doo. I like it. But the blob and Pyro are there, and the X Men are arriving there. So, what they've done, they've taken hostage this family, and they are using the facility. It seems like Pyro knows how to use the facility. I don't think they need the family there. No. They're just hostages. They're bait. Yeah. They're getting the. That's so stupid. They're getting the what? The. Uh, Circuit. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no. Okay. Sorry. They are the, the course of the Scorpio Comet. From I don't know why you have to. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> I'm not going to try to unpack that. They're getting the course of this comet that's heading near Earth, but not to Earth. Armageddon stuff right here. Buddy. Yeah, that yeah. sort of thing. Me, Bruce Willis. I think we should name all of our celestial bodies something as cool as Scorpio. <laughs> like everything cool. Like uh, Sylvester Stallone, Sun, and <laughs> no. just every just throw Raiden. words together. Yeah, Raiden. Asteroid field, uh, Chuck Norris, yep. solar system. Mm -hmm. I mean, <laughs> Van that's Dam. Van Damme, <laughs> just keep Moon. going. <laughs> 38 minutes just of just a, yeah. doing that. <laughs> of me poorly putting words just together. Just choosing it. Yeah. Just barely bandaging <laughs> these things together. A Scorpio comet is sounds like a comet. I would, if we're going to be hit by a comet, Scorpio is the one I want. Okay. It sounds right. cool. It, it just sounds, sounds right. Yeah. Sounds good. But that's what they're, they're gathering that information. Well, there's and, no doggy shame in being destroyed by a Scorpio comet. <laughs> not at all. I love that. <laughs> but so we kind of get the idea of what the plan is. The X-Men confront and Pyro kind of spells it out for us and says that basically your kind, like humankind, your planet is going to be gone. It's related to this comet. So we're starting to see things convalesce here. What do you want? Nothing. Just take over once we get the tracking coordinates for the Scorpio Comet, his world will... His world will what, Pyro? Yeah. Colossus take care of this. No power on Earth can move the blob. Wait till I get my claws on him. He'll be talking out the other side. 
Okay, there was a lot of great good, shit in there. Good acting there. Yeah, I like your style, man. I like, yeah, I was doing some hand. I, I like to act out the motions that I think they're doing. Okay, so I know why I wanted to listen to that. Not only is to hear how dumb Blob is to the point that he cannot speak at a normal rate. But Just still, keywords. It's still pretty clever. His retort. Nothing. Just, Just take over Earth. Take <laughs> over Earth. <laughs> he is. He is like. He's the closest to like a Lord of the Rings uh, monster in this, probably. Mm. Just about as far as a human goes, at least. Or a mutant. I'm sorry, guys. I'm so right. sorry. Mm. Really sorry. Don't tell anyone. Mm. The reason. One of the reasons I want to hear that was that Colossus. This is a sign that Colossus is not that smart because. I don't know if he's seen Blob before, but I tend to make up. He's encountered these. Like They don't seem surprised by anybody here. Colossus knows that he can't move the Blob, no matter how strong he is. He turns and he just says, I'll handle this, and then goes over and tries to not even punch him, just to lift him up into the air. Like, which is the exact thing you cannot do yeah. to the blob, just to demonstrate how, oh, he's so strong and yet he can't move this guy. Right. Why do that? Like, he just told you, he's basically already told you that you can't move him. Believe him. You know it's true. And then also, yeah, what Wolverine says after that is awesome. Yeah. He's, he's, he'll be talking about the other, and he doesn't even get to finish it, but you know he was going to say ass or something to uh. that effect. Because Wolverine cusses, guys. Right. In the real world, yeah. Wolverine's a cusser. He's hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a hard, he's a hard man. Hardened by life, that mutant life, that Aussie life. <laughs> um, there's a really, there are a couple of things that actually really tugged at my heart springs, my heart springs yeah. in this in this uh, tugged cartoon. my heart springs. One of my them, heart got sprung. One of them is that after uh, the X Men free the family and the two mutants they make off, whatever, and the baby dinosaur. <laughs> the dragon. We'll get to him. We will get to him. We will get to him. Believe okay. you me. Okay. The family, the little girl drops her doll and then Nightcrawler teleports over and and hands it back to her and just says, I hear you go, Lipshin, or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's very sweet. And the little girl has such a cute little voice. She's like, or whatever. And the dad, they just saved him. And the dad says, stay away from me, you darn mutie, or whatever. And I felt so bad for Nightcrawler there. because, And I feel bad for the girl. That's probably like a a bind for her. It's like, well, dad's my, my dad. He's being mean to this man who's nice to me. And I felt also- like they were they were taking me to the place where I saw Magneto's side of things. Where I'm like, you know what? Screw you guys. Yeah. You know what? I'll kill you and your you daughter. You hate mutants. Yeah. Oh wait. I mean, no, no, no. <laughs> Don't isolate that. <laughs> no, I, I agree to an extent. But then also that it's met with. I mean, Nightcrawler doesn't even react. Honestly, I wonder if that hurts his feelings or if he's kind of used to that. But he takes he's it in stride. It. He doesn't like retort. He doesn't say like you're close-minded or whatever. I don't know. That's not a good response. But like he takes it. You know, he doesn't. Right. He just deals with it. I guess that's the right the, the he, peaceful he, path. He broke the dad's neck. Um, <laughs> off, off yeah, screen. secretly very, with his tail. He did it when you. Wasn't looking, but they get chased off. Like I guess the army arrives and are just yelling through megaphones. They're in there. The mutants are inside, or whatever. So that's how you you make sure the mutants know you're there, so they can get away. And they manage to escape. <laughs> yeah, right. At this point, we're not quite ready to go back to the mansion because we cut over to Asteroid M, which is Magneto's HQ. His hindquarters. <laughs> I tricked you. I tricked both of you. He and that's where all the the brother. I think he calls them the Brotherhood of Terrorist yeah, Mutants, which it's is so great. A, weird. <laughs> so, it's better than evil mutants because yeah. that doesn't make sense. If you again, we've talked about this. They are there, and uh, he now has the circuit. <laughs> in were y'all? Was I supposed to not be surprised that they're just in space? 
I don't have any expectations you, you about surprised? your. <laughs> yeah, I mean a little bit. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I I was just like, oh, we're in space now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I I'm I'm not a good jo- I'm not a good litmus test for that because Asteroid M was in the comics and I've seen this before, okay. so okay. I'm not a good judge for that. He is going to install the circuit because apparently the whole plan is that the circuit allows him to wield a certain power that enhances his power. The He's power. going to the power, the power circuit, circuit, power circuit. circuit. <laughs> they, but he's going to use that to make the comet, the Scorpio comet, hit Earth. And as we hear throughout the thing, it will wipe out half the human race and send up like ashes and cloud the earth for thousands of years or whatever. Ice age. How is this a good plan? Many mutants would not be able to survive that. Right. He's not just targeting humans. He is targeting anyone who's not Colossus or <laughs> has certain powers. Like he's just killing a bunch of people. That's and they're just kind of ruining. He's not gonna live for a thousand years. The earth is ruined. So what is this plan? And where yeah, where's he gonna go? Asteroid M is going to fill up pretty fast. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know if that's his point because he seems to act like the planet will become ours. We'll inherit the planet. Right. But at what point and who? How long does he want to be stuck in Asteroid M with Toad? <laughs> oh, not long. And let's talk about Toad. Toad was in the first <laughs> X-Men movie. This is classic Toad. Like the frill, his, his costume, man. Insane. He's got the frilly. I don't even know what that is, but that collar, like yeah. old, like an old. Uh, it's kind of like Quasimodo. Yes. Slash a court jester. Right. Yes. It's yeah, definitely yeah, medieval. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Old English. Yeah. yeah. And he's got the little ankle booties yeah. that Robin used to wear and everything. And it's just orange <laughs> and gray. It's awesome. Um, his voice is definitely the best. Slimers. You're correct. Boys, and do you yes, know who sir. played? Do you know who played? Got he turns no into idea. he turns into Slimer at the end, basically. Yep. Do you know who Slimer is played by? No. And therefore Toad? Nope. Little little, little actor named uh, Frank Welker. Oh yeah, mackerel. Buddy. Again, this man is in our lives, and again he delivers the goods. What does he not do? Oh. Suck. Okay. Yeah. You rip your face off, you <laughs> Frank Welker. <laughs> My good lord. Has the computer tracking system locked onto the comet? Yes, Master. Everything is ready, just as you ordered. <laughs> Excellent. Place Cerebro's power circuit in the magnetron. I did it, Master. <laughs> I did good, didn't I? <laughs> yes, Toad. Now make yourself useful. Go play in an airlock. All right, Master. Okay, play in the airlock. Ooh, come here. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's really good acting. That's really good acting. I believed all of that stuff. Man, Toad, his powers are really pretty cool. I mean, he's got really strong legs so or whatever. Cool. Jumps yeah. around like Spider-Man. Yeah. And but he's so awkward and ugly. And um <laughs> yeah, his his power dynamic with Magneto, I think I he seems like he has to have someone abusing him. That's all he knows. You uh, know, he probably grew up with that. Oh, I'm well, serious. Like that just seems like that's usually how that happens. So he he seems to be like, but he's still like I lo- that mumbling to himself as he walks away. Is, go play in the airline. Yeah. Go play in the airline. And it's like he's just like I don't even understand. What are you saying? I guess so. I, why are you mad? And at we're me? led to believe he's he seems to have a sort of indispensable role. He set up the entire computer tracking <laughs> yes. system. Yes, but then he wants praise for essentially plugging in a light bulb. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, installing the thing. Well, Magneto, I think Magneto takes the tact as a boss of never praise, always criticize, mm. and then they'll always be wanting praise, so they'll do better. And with him, that works. That's yeah. who Toad is. At the end, Toad is interacting with another Frank Welker character, Lockheed the Dragon. Okay. 
and I've getting nods and surprise looks here in the DPTC studios. Yes. So yeah, I didn't know it had a name. There's a little dragon that breathes fire, <laughs> a little baby dragon in the in this cartoon, and um, it's from the comics. It was introduced in a storyline that had the X-Men going to space for the 10th time or whatever. And Kitty Pride basically just met this dragon on accident in an alien in- environment and brought it home. And she named it Lockheed after the company that makes the Blackbird jet that the X-Men drive around in the skies. Wow. Yeah. Um, and he's her little buddy and they seem to get along really well. Now, never named, never explained. <laughs> nope. Never even <laughs> acknowledged as what the hell is this Doesn't thing. need to be. It's a dragon in space. Good, evil, what, yeah. Where did it come from? Why is it, like, not, I mean, no matter how mutant you are, a dragon is a dragon. Like, that's weird. (laughs) That's just, somebody has to address it. (laughs) And at the end, Kitty befriends him, and because he bites somebody on the leg and helps out a little bit, and then she takes him home, she's like, yeah, this little cutie right here on her shoulder Again, she nobody in this in the room acts like that's a big yeah, deal. No. This is a fantasy creature. <laughs> this is a fantasy creature come to life. Insane, insane. But I approve. Yeah. <laughs> well, I like him being well, there because it to. it makes it like the comics. It makes right. it very much like the comics. But it's <laughs> so weird. Finally, the X Men are going to come home and see the destruction that Juggernaut and Magneto have wrought, and they find poor Chucky, i.e., Charles Xavier. Amongst the debris, seems like he'd be probably pretty hurt, but he yeah. just seems to be unconscious and right. then wakes up. And they wake him up, and he's all worried about Kitty. And I think the circle His legs still don't work. <laughs> it didn't knock his legs work. back into working, sadly. <laughs> so, yeah, sadly. Um, when they find Kitty, she's knocked out, and Nightcrawler wakes her up. And again, she freaks out on Nightcrawler. Like, Get away from me! And Dazzler has her one line, which is, she's, like, very level-headed. I mean, I don't dislike the character, but she says three things in the whole show. Hi. My name is Dazzler. <laughs> that's it, actually. Two th- no. Oh. She says, like, Wolverine is, you know, not your enemy, which, again, it's like, that's a good... She, I think the writing is good here. Yeah. And the acting, she sells it. She sounds like... This sounds probably too really specific, but she sounds... Her delivery and her voice sound to me like, like an older sister on an 80s sitcom. Like, understanding, though. Yeah. Just she's inserting like, some wisdom there. Yeah, just like, hey, he's not your enemy. I'm cool. I'm a singer, right? You will never know that, though. We'll never mention it on the show. <laughs> but Kitty is all broken up about how she let the circuit go. And she, again, like, she's, like, trauma bonded to Professor X. She takes X. on all of the fault. Yeah. When there was an adult present, you are a 14-year-old child. I, everybody admits, like, Magneto, any one of us would have fallen before Magneto, which is true. I mean, Magneto is extremely powerful, and that's something that I think... In the movies, they do tackle pretty well, but it's like, he doesn't even need all these other guys <laughs> like we find with a lot of our head villains, yeah. like uh, our senior villains. They're like the head of the wait staff, basically. Like, they don't need <laughs> these other guys, except that they're just bored and lo- uh, lazy, I guess. They may yeah. be lonely, and they don't yeah. want to admit it. Right. Well, they know that they need to go get that damn circuit, and circuit. you know that. Circuit, <laughs> circuit, circuit. Circuit. They say, Kitty, you can't come, basically. Also, Professor X goes on the adventure, which is weird. Like, he goes into space, because this is where we're going now. We're going back to space. In the <laughs> going to space. Yeah, guys, we're going... <laughs> My buddy loves to point out how John F. Kennedy, in his speech about going to space, he's like, we will go to the moon and those other things. Because he mentioned a list of things, but to oh. take it out of context just sounds like he doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> so, <laughs> Professor Xavier says, we're going to space and all those other things, and but we're leaving <laughs> Kitty behind, which I don't know if he just thinks, kid, go home. But again, Professor X probably could just stay home. He doesn't have to go to space. He can 
tele- telepathize from home, probably. But go, he does. We've established it's X-Men policy. Everyone leaves. Everyone leave. Only the most vulnerable stay behind. <laughs> we only have empty houses or houses full of little chickadees that are defenseless. <laughs> And so they tell Kitty she can't go, and she's got such a, man, like, she really goes through a character arc, like, I, actually, I think it's just unseen strength that hasn't come up because she was afraid before. She says, I'll show you. And she's going to stow away on that damn plane and go into space, whether they like it or not. Apparently, Professor Xavier's aware of this the whole time, we find out later. Why he doesn't stop a 14-year-old child, he's used to putting teenagers in danger, basically. <laughs> Like, he's done it his whole life. He's done it their whole life. So the X-Men are used to being put in danger. He's a criminal. He's a criminal. Yeah. yeah. Frankly, he's a criminal. He should not be allowed to do what he does to children. And someone should stop him. He's a monster. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Yeah. See and that's guys. it. That's the end of the episode. We changed. That just changed everything for me. Yeah. But they go they go into space. And it's bad. Dude, it's badass. Everything looks great. They're in, they're in space. They so put on cool. these space suits that look awesome. You got people using their powers in space to break into a thing. And this is where it turns into a video game, basically, because they pierce the hull of Asteroid M and they're sneaking in and they say, Wolverine, you're going to like lead us to Magneto with your scent. It's like, it's probably not that hard to find where he is in the place, I guess. Yeah. But you don't really need someone to smell him out. But they're basically just going down a long corridor and they're going to now face each member of the Brotherhood one by one by one by one. And for some reason always leave behind whoever is fighting that one guy, even when it's not necessary. This is also where we're going to learn the origin of Australian Wolverine. Oh. Which way now? (laughs) This way, kiddies. (laughs) If you can. (laughs) Don't worry about us, Dingo. We'll make sure we can. So, you've managed to get past our little welcoming committee, (laughs) but you go no further. And who is going to stop us? Me, Juggernaut! This is where you'll stop. Nothing moves the blob! And I wouldn't dream of trying. Auf Wiedersehen! Okay, I just had to, there's a lot going on there. I skipped over the White Queen. All she does is say, gentlemen, welcome, and throws a bolt for some reason. That's not even, I don't, I don't and get it. she gone. They give her nothing to do. Okay, so each character that they encounter, like Dazzler takes on Pyro, kind of makes sense that they leave her behind. Wolverine fights Toad, seals him in a cave, then just stays behind even though the threat is eliminated. So it's just they're whittling down because they have to. Yeah. So the first order of business is the origin of Australian Wolverine. Okay. We just heard Wolverine call Toad a dingo, which if he is Australian, which he isn't, but in this cartoon he is, is I guess the thing that you would do. That's what Australians say. They call people dingoes. Right. They talk about how dingoes eat babies and Mm -hmm. all sorts of things with dingoes. Yes. Dingo business out the wazoo. And (laughs) dingo shame. And I think wazoo, (laughs) dingo shame, I think wazoo is an Australian word. Mm. So. He calls him a dingo. What I understand, what I've read, is that dingo. Okay, well, here's, there's In two your parts. Report, so what do you got? I've read it. I had to go read this. I said, how the hell does this happen? There's uh, people from Marvel involved. Like, well, I mean, it doesn't make sense. How does he become suddenly Australian? He's Canadian. He's damn Canadian. Yeah, Stan Lee had to sign off on this. Yeah. So what do you got? In the original script, it's not, or one of the script drafts, he calls Pyro, who is Australian, dingo, as an insult, making fun of the fact that he's Australian. Apparently, the voice director took that to mean that he was Australian. No. Yes. Or maybe the actor did, but I, that still so, falls on the director. So it, it just happened. 
And never got corrected. <laughs> yeah. Like everybody thought, yeah, that's what he sounds like, I guess. Until, I don't know, maybe someone from Marvel finally came in on the last day. Like, I'm sure everything's going, what? And then like, you know, like they found out and it's like when George Jetson's boss comes home and finds everything messed up or whatever. But they they just did it. But the thing is also, it still doesn't even make sense now because they changed the script. He now calls Toad Dingo, which he would if he's Australian. But the whole, the whole yeah, it's just so fucked They're up. They're like, man. and we have Cyclops speaking Spanish. Is that right? okay? Everybody gets a good Is accent. Is that a problem? I wish they would have had just like a strong like Chicago accent or something like that. Just something um, a little American in there, you know? Yeah. But man, that's how that happened. And how how does this happen? How does this happen, Marvel? Mm-hmm. This is why they went bankrupt in the 90s, probably. This bad oversight like this. The next thing that was happening in there is that Colossus fights Juggernaut. Probably a better fight than the Blob because he doesn't just try to pick him up. But they're just trading blows. And I just love the way that Juggernaut <laughs> answers Colossus when he says, who's going to stop us? And Juggernaut says, me! Yeah. Juggernaut! It's like he's like, well, you don't understand. It's me. I'm Juggernaut. I'm going to stop you. <laughs> it just sounds like he's an idiot that doesn't understand. It's like the best, worst Trash talk. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's yeah. Everybody is talking shit all over the place, right, yeah. and it's well, like. And Colossus decides in that moment to finally go full metal. Yeah, like he wasn't sure until then. <laughs> That's a good point. And then he sees Juggernaut. He's like, okay, now I'll be metal. Yeah. Oh, okay. Hold on. We got to okay. And speaking of Colossus, I got to derail this for a second. Colossus is a menace. We talked about this in one of our last episodes, Travis. Okay. In the Spider-Woman episode, we had a tune court about it. Yep. Characters changing into their costumes magically and that not being a power. He just yes. changes in the beginning. He's wearing like an explorer's uniform or something, something like Indiana Jones might wear. Yeah. And then suddenly when he changes metal, has a red costume on. Boom. This is not how it works. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, and I, and in that episode, I talked about how all these Marvel women are too lazy. Yep. To change into costumes in a traditional way, you know, put it on. And now I must step back and say the men are also guilty. And Colossus is one of them. <laughs> the men are no different. Everyone's yeah. lazy. Everyone's lazy here. Yep. All right, so Colossus and Juggernaut, and at the end, finally, Blob versus Nightcrawler. And Nightcrawler just bows and teleports behind him. The reason, yes, exactly, super charming. <laughs> the reason I wanted to highlight it, aside from him saying, just sounding like an idiot, yeah. he, he quotes my favorite Thundercats line. That Monkeyan said all the way back in wow. DPTC episode one. Where go? When when you're dumb and big and someone disappears or even jumps out of your line of sight, you ask where go. Where yep. <laughs> yeah. Where go? One word. Where go? Where go? Where go? Yeah. You finish a cake and you're like, where go? And Tommy. <laughs> okay. Nightcrawler is the one that's gonna face down with Magneto. Magneto just is basically saying, hey, man, this comet's already going to hit Earth. You're too late. Oh, and then he's going to kill Nightcrawler, which, again, is like not he's not just a straight up murderer. He's going to kill him. Yeah. He's just going to kill him for being he's not even going to be able to stop him, but he's just going to kill him. That's man. He's he's gone dark. This Magneto at that point. Finally, Kitty, who's been here the whole time, jumps out of the, the ground and like grabs Magneto and just keeps him from doing that. And Lockheed, the little dragon, gets in there and bites him oh, on the leg man. too. It's perfect so cute chaos and perfect. element. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, they they. It's like they choreographed it. Um, they well, managed to. You have a mini storyline there. That's true. Lockheed is sick of Magneto. That's right. He's been kicking around. He's been kicking him around. He's tired of this. He sees his moment. That's right, man. You're right. <laughs> and that's when he yeah. aligns with 
<laughs> I, you know, I bet he just lived on that asteroid, and that's what we're missing if we don't fund NASA more, is there are space dragons and asteroids out there that we're not... <laughs> right. They're cute, they're adorable, right. and they're helpful. That will save the day. Eventually. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah they're looking they're for X-Men. a home. Beast of day. <laughs> <laughs> Magneto... Man, this whole thing, let's just barrel through that part. Magneto, ultimately, <laughs> something gets damaged. The circuit gets damaged. Circuit. And so now, the asteroid can't even be reversed. It's just gonna hit Earth no matter what. Nightcrawler uh, teleports up to the circuit and manages to complete the circuit with his own body. So essentially, he's just being electrocuted the whole time. Yeah. Um, but they talk about it being energy. It's of no consequence. Body. Yeah. Yeah. And they're going to use that to change the asteroid of that. And then they have to knock Magneto onto this platform. Who cares? And that's going to change the asteroid. I'm sorry. The meteor. What is it? Meteor. Scorpio asteroid? Scorpio. Comet. 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 They're all they're not all the same, guys. Go to your astronomy classes. <laughs> right. We didn't. <laughs> Finish school. The comet is going to now hit asteroid M. And then Magneto is just like, well, you know what? You screwed up my plan, but you're gonna lose an X-Man because Nightcrawler is gonna have to complete that circuit completely to keep it from hitting Earth, and then it's gonna hit asteroid M and he's gonna die. And he takes and pleasure. These are in this. facts. These are the the hard these are the hard <laughs> hard facts. facts of science. This yep. is how it works. Yep. Why Magneto is so pleased with the fact that a mutant will die, again. He's just vengeful and hateful. Or why it would course the comet would then course correct back to yeah. Earth. I, I yeah yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. It's just like it's just an aim. It's just like yeah. It's like when you play like a golf video game, you can do all sorts of dumb physics with the ball and control it in ways that <laughs> yeah. just never would happen. <laughs> well, that's the uh, the heroic situation that we're set up with. It's it's going to look. It looks like it's going to be a pyrrhic victory because Nightcrawler's got to complete that circuit. And in this moment, Kitty is starting to love Nightcrawler because she sees how uh, heroic he is and she won't leave him behind but she does and Professor X just is telling Nightcrawler hey complete the circuit for as long as you can at the very last minute teleport onto our plane and we'll get the hell out of here and then he without giving him instruction yes he he, he tells him what to do yes and then instantly <laughs> chastise. He loses yes. his cool again again he's not good fantastic. with people fantastic he it does so it good. like it's like if I said like Hey man, it's no problem. I just need you to drive from here to somewhere else. That's not where I want you to drive. Like immediately <laughs> afterwards, you because he just says you're too late. You're too late, Nightcrawler. Which is not true, but kind of true. Yeah. Nightcrawler teleports into space. The asteroid gets destroyed, and he starts falling into well the orbit of Earth. So he's going to get burnt up, which just like the Shira episode mm -hmm. that we did. And he's burning up and just burns away. It's really well animated. Burns away into nothingness. No no close-up of his butt on this one. No, not on this one. No, <laughs> no, no flaming butts on this one. Yeah. Well, it's Nightcrawler. It's not She-Ra, you know? That's true. But, like, yeah. this moment and what follows, heart, like, almost made me cry. <laughs> Honestly, because of the fact that Ki I identified very strongly. The X-Men assume that their brother is dead, essentially. Kitty takes it really hard because she was rude to Nightcrawler and did not accept him or get to apologize or anything, and now he's dead. And she says as much. That resonates really strongly with me. I've had a situation like that, and I felt guilt, a lot of guilt about it. And so it's just like a, it's a dramatic moment. I think it holds a candle, too. Instead of not holding a candle to mm, yeah. the, the 92 X-Men series, as far as like a drama element goes, it's a really also also it's a great thing because Nightcrawler shows he's got balls. He yells at Kitty when she won't leave. He goes, you must leave now. Like, get out of here. Just yells at her to leave because he's just like, I'm doing this. I'm going to sacrifice myself. But guess what, guys? 
Not he's dead. He's, he's dead. dead. No, no, that guy's not gonna die. You kidding me? Uh, they, he's coughing, and they find out that he's in the locker on the spaceship, like coughing. I don't know why he would appear in there, but Colossus pulls him out, and that's when he's so buddy buddy with him and holds him up and says, "My tovarsh," and holds him and like gives a him a big hug. Like yeah, a basically, baby. yeah, like a limp body. But he's cool. He, yeah. he survived it, and him and Kitty are cool now, and everybody's good. They're dating. It's yeah. it's fine. <laughs> they do well. The thing is, like all these characters in the comics, because they were around on the same team for so long. Yeah. Yeah. They really are like family. And so when I see them interacting on the screen, even though they're not, they don't quite have that yet, it's very, it works for me. The, those personalities actually all come together in a really cool way yeah. in the comics. And so again, I I would pick this up in a second. I would love to have had this turned into an, even a, a season. I would watch it now. I would think it would be really cool now if you kept these characters. But so I'm actually very sad to watch this. Just one damn pilot. I know, huh? man. It's a bummer, dude. Didn't work. I don't know what was wrong with kids that they didn't want this. And Wolverine is still not pleased with Kitty well, by the end. But he does that that curmudgeonly approving, like he's like, Dad, don't make an X-Men. Yeah. Dad, don't make an X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> like he's a chimney sweep now. Good and then Lord. yeah. And then he says, Not yet. So, mm. oh, there's hope for him yet. And then Stanley plays this out with like a picture. You know, there's that heroic thing you always do at the end of team cartoons where you have the earth, there's a sunrise, and then they just appear over the horizon of the earth like they're, I don't know, 10 miles tall or something. Yeah. But they're all around each other. Yeah. That's the day. Day saved. And that's the wrap up right there. Oh, man, I love it. I'm, I, I, can't, I can't say it enough. Everybody go watch this, this tune and get it on your VHS and your whatever else you can find it. Yep. Preach. That's it, man. That's mm. it. <laughs> Such a huge cast, I had to whittle it down to just the basics here. Um, Cyclops, Travis, there's a reason that we like Cyclops so much. Why is that? He was played by Michael Bell, Duke on G.I. Joe. Whoa. The Duke, dude. Duke. He also played Transformers. He was grouchy, lazy, and handy Smurf. So that's a little throwback to no. our previous Moriali wow. episode of Cartoon All-Stars to yep. the rescue. Uh, he was, uh, as far as superheroes go, he was Zan and the Riddler on Super Friends. He was Plastic Man, which is a DC character. He was Dr. Octopus on the Spider-Man and the Amazing Friends. Bruce Banner on the 1982 Hulk show. Lex Luthor on the 88 Superman. Lots of characters on Rugrats, which I know you would like, Nemo. Wow. Including Chucky <laughs> Finster's dad, Chaz, the real dorky guy. Which I wouldn't expect for a guy who plays Duke right. and Cyclops. So here's a versatile. He also played Grandpa on that show. Wow. Grandpa Pickles. Uh, he was also on the Batman animated series. He played the Owl, which is a character on the Spider-Man series in 94 and various parts on the 96 Hulk. So this guy is all up in that Marvel <laughs> business. <laughs> Uh, Storm was played by Andy Chapman, and I just have a bunch of live action stuff that she's done. Not like very, not super small parts either, but not a bunch of recurring ones. Roseanne, ER, NYPD Blue, The Practice, Chicago Hope, X Files. These are like the 90s lineups. I know. Right? Uh, Seventh Heaven, Shield, the, I'm sorry, The Shield, Six Feet Under, Dexter, 24, Glee, NCIS, and Shameless. I've watched almost all those shows. Wow. Yeah. So good for her. Juggernaut. Juggernaut was played by Ron Gans, which seems like a, a part of the body, like the technical term. And I just, I wouldn't want to find out what Ronald Gans sounds better. Uh, Ron he, Gans disease. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a poor guy. He played drag strip on transformers. Don't know which one that is, but it is a callback. He played Nikolai Volkov on Hulk Hogan's rock and wrestling, yes. which fits because he sounds like Hulk Hogan. Wow. 
He was on Star Trek The Next Generation, Dragnet, Perry Mason, Lost in Space, and Kentucky Fried Movie. These are all like 1950s, 60s, and then a 70s movie. So this guy was old by the time he was playing the stepbrother juggernaut, Kane Marco. (laughs) Wolverine, played by Patrick Pinney, or Piney, don't know. This is a little bit of a filmation throwback. He was on Black Star. Shout out. Yep. He played Mainframe on G.I. Joe. He was Mighty Mouse in the 1987 Mighty Mouse series. He was The Thing from the Fantastic Four in the 1994 Spider-Man series. And Painty the Pirate on SpongeBob SquarePants. What? Yeah, the painting. Incredible. Uh, Let's see here. We got Professor X was not played by Donald Sutherland. He was played by John Stevenson. He played Dari and others on the 1977 Hobbit cartoon. Mimo, I know you're a big Lord of the Rings fan. Uh, yeah, I withheld a lot of Lord of the Rings references good. all throughout this episode. That's good. I wouldn't get them. <laughs> yeah. Unless you just said, that's like The Hobbit. Well, Toad is, I mean, to me, he's Smeagol. That's, oh, yeah, his voice, definitely. Yeah, and his... He calls them kitties. Yeah, he kind of clutches at himself. He was, oh, man, this guy, I forget, man, this guy, oh, he was also in the 1980s uh, animated version of Return of the King. He was in the original 1960 Flintstones. In 1961, he played Top Cat. In Top Cat by Hanna-Barbera. 1964, he was on Johnny Quest. 69, Scooby-Doo. These are like big, big, Street cred. Straight dope. What? (laughs) (laughs) So he was on Super Friends, Doctor Doom, and Magneto on 1978's Fantastic Four. He played Colossus, Thunderbird, Loki, Doctor Strange on the Spidey and his amazing friends, and Thundercracker and others on Transformers, as well as G.I. Joe parts. Finally, 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 and we'll wrap this casting. There's too many, too much going on here. This is the most in depth you've been on this. They I just like were, it, these guys are just way active. Yeah, wow. Hyperactive, <laughs> sexually active. <laughs> <laughs> Report it to your doctor. Nightcrawler <laughs> was played by Neil Ross. He played Cyclops and Wolverine on the Spider Friends episode series. What it, does that mean? <laughs> yeah, Spider Friends. Uh, he played Bone Crusher and other robots on Transformers, Shipwreck and others on G.I. Joe. He played Howard Sands on Jim, which was the guy that's like, hi, I have a record company. Okay, yeah, and I'll yeah. pay you. Yeah, that yeah. guy. I was over here in the woods. Yeah, I was over in the, here in the woods watching you young ladies talk. <laughs> I have something to offer you. Do you like cameras? <laughs> And well, come live in my house. I, uh, he was on Batman the Animated Series, parts on the Iron Man series from 1994, Doctor Doom and other villains, the 1994 Fantastic Four series, Green Goblin on 1994 Spider-Man series, oh. so just villains a popping. And Superman the Animated Series, he was on that, and the 2010 Avengers tune. I can't do anymore. That's it. So I was just trying to highlight how super active these guys You're are. Like, just the kidding. Community. Voice of Lockheed. I don't, yeah, I don't have no. Well, that was Frank Welker, buddy. Uh, I know. Mm. Yeah. And if I talk more, I'm going to slur my words even more. I'm very tired. <laughs> so that's all I got. Yeah. Okay. I'm sweaty. That was a lot. I just broke a sweat reading Proud all that. So I think that says something more about my physical condition <laughs> than what I just read. <laughs> oh man, Travis, get Yo. those tunes out of your damn closet. All right, man. Let's do it. Better check your watch. Because it's time for Travis's Tooncast Toy Corner. Hi, guys. Hey, Travis. How you doing? I'm you, good. Hey. Are you good? Hey, yeah, I'm, I'm great. Good deal. All right, man, let's start this off here. Right out, the, right out of the gate, we have the most important character from this, uh, Dazzler. We got the, the Dazzler. The, the, well, just she's just Dazzler here okay. on this toy. All right, man, this is a vintage uh, Toy Biz. Marvel Hall of Fame edition. 
Dazzler action figure. Hmm. Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. I had a Dazzler at some point. I have her boyfriend Longshot over in the other room. No, I seriously do. An action oh, figure of oh, him. Oh, yeah. you're joking. Yeah, I have, him ra- I have him in the closet. No, I, she, she had a boyfriend mutant named non mutant. Sounded like a, one of those like Mari Povich or something. Yeah. yeah. You're too He's much. waiting to come out to, to confront her. She gave her, she gave him mutants. <laughs> Like, I like your style, man. Oh, man. Is it in the package? It is. It's a PP rating. It's a PP rating. Pristine package. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, any guesses on what this might cost you? Well, it's eBay style. It's, it's the Dazzler and it's Toy Biz. I'm going to say 30 it, bucks. It, it, it is the 30? Right. Yeah, I said All 30. Right. You heard All right. me. Good. All right. What do, you, what do you got over there, Mimo? I got 180 popped in my head. 180, huh? Yeah. Just wow! All yeah. right, y'all uh, kind of went over a little bit. You can get one of these for four dollars and ninety nine cents. Wow! It is the Dazzler, and the you know, <laughs> sorry, Allison Blair, <laughs> right? Allison, by the way, Allison Blair, two of the whitest white girl names in one white girl. Yes. Yeah. Nice. All right, man. Uh, next up here, we got a uh, X Men Classic Light Up Edition Juggernaut. <laughs> classic. <laughs> That's the edition. You know, your classic Juggernaut Light Up. That's yeah, his thing. <laughs> That's the addition, man. Don't don't knock on me. <laughs> Not um, on you, on it. <laughs> and uh yeah, so PP rating as well. Pristine mm. package. How big is it? Uh normal toy size. You sure? <laughs> are you just are you selling me something here? <laughs> just, yeah, okay. I'm just selling it. Yeah, come on. All right. Well, I, I can imagine like a big juggernaut. Like I have a big cyclops, you know? No, no, no. Just normal, normal toy size. Like your standard toy. Whatever your average toy is, yeah. about that size. Yeah. Uh, take the average and divide I'm it by two. S- and... I'm gonna say twenty five dollars. I'm gonna have to overshoot this one again. Okay, I'm gonna say 200. I was gonna say go higher. <laughs> That'd be great. Fifty-three dollars and ninety-five cents. Oh, mm-hmm. All right, man. Uh, last but not least, here I like to do these on everyone. A little Wolverine cosplay. Ooh. Mm-hmm. This is uh, which which costume is it? Um, it's the one. For, it's the one from the uh, from the Pride. It's brown and yellow. I, that's my favorite one. Yeah, I prefer that to the yellow. Brown one. and yellow. Let me read the description real fast. Yes, um, please. So this costume is made of spandex, foam, glue, and rubberized coating. It's tailored to size. <laughs> Sounds like something you pick up at like New Line Arts. <laughs> you know, <laughs> not far from it, size. man. Or Adam and Eve, or something like yeah, that. Right? Yeah, right. Any guesses on what this uh, might run you? $90. Okay. All right. <laughs> what is that? Picture mean? two. Dude, that looks great. That guy's wow. got some rocking thighs. 90? I'm going to say 250. I said before I saw, but you know what? Right, you want to stick to that? All right. Yeah, well, yeah. you can get one of these for $800. Oh! Oh! Man. Ow! <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got, guys. Oh, thank you so much, Travis. No problem, man. I want you to wear that Wolverine costume. Already got it. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> oh, Lordy. Well, this was the pride of the X-Men, yep. and it was not the shame of the X-Men. I think they should be prideful about this episode of the X-Men. <laughs> doggy, doggy shame. It's not doggy shame. It's kitty pride. <laughs> all right, and um, we're going to wrap things up here. Yep. This is the end of March Marvel Madness. Oh, we didn't even say. Mimo, <laughs> you and I have played this game together. This lineup of X-Men is what was in the X-Men arcade oh, game. wow. The famous side-scroller that has up yeah. to six players. That's the exact lineup and characters and character designs they use, where you fight a billion different kinds of Sentinels and pretty much that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Colossus's special move? <laughs> that's his move. Yeah. I wish he would have done that in the show. 
Okay, just I forgot I would not be okay if I didn't say that. I had a friend, my other friend, my best friend growing up, and I could make that noise, and another friend of ours couldn't, and he felt very left out. You got a lot of friends. Uh, I got two of them right now, (laughs) (laughs) and they're all in this room. My other friend. Ah. Okay, Pride of the X-Men. We're done with it. March Marvel Madness is over, so go back and listen to the episodes. You'll get no more Marvel out of us until the next time we do Marvel. Yep. Okay, Mm. come back for the mini episode. I'm going to be militant with these people. So I'm going to talk to them like Charles Xavier talks to his students. Going to bring okay. it, son. So this is Days Past Doomcast. You need to contact us. You need to write us at days, no, at dptooncast at gmail.com. Follow us at dptooncast. That's on Twitter. Uh. And you can go to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash dptooncast. Yes. Travis, tell me whatever you're going to tell me. I'm going to tell you that I do another podcast called Nature of the Beast. I do it with Brandon and Catherine. It's true crime. It's good. Go get it. All the archived episodes are there, man. Keep it. Keep it. Keep it, son. <laughs> Keep it with your ears. Yeah. And Mimo, do you uh, want to Do you want to say anything? I always want to give you a chance. Nah, man. And you always let me down. <laughs> <laughs> no, silence says something. It says something. I wasn't, I mean, yeah, all cards on the table. I wasn't ready for that. Okay. Okay. Maybe next time. Hells yes, son. Finally, guys, if you enjoy the X-Men and Mutants, you need to go to YouTube and search for Days Past Tooncast. Because that's how you'll find our song that's a parody of Baby Got Back by Sir Mix-a-Lot. It's that, and it's a mashup with the original series theme song from Uh. 1992's X-Men. Travis and I rap all over that thing. Mutants. Video, see it. Uh, double up. It's called uh, X-Men uh, Attack. Okay. Guys, yeah. go check that out. Anyway, my name is Will, and I'm going to say tutor my duder, and I'm going to go eat some meals. Yes, sir. My name is Travis, and uh, hey, Mimo, dude, tutor my duder. Hey, guys. Mm-hmm. Tutor my duder. Brother, <laughs> you were flipping me out the whole time. That's going to be on the mic now. <laughs> <laughs>